Hello, universe. I'm back. I am totally, totally back. Because, you know, <clears throat> I have a lot of time. A lot of time. And I didn't have any time until two days ago. Because I foolishly underestimated a project that really kind of erupted inside of my head in the last month I was there at the uh, Home Depot where I used to work, where I voluntarily uh, turned in my will to work, was no longer the will to work there. So they said, okay. And on the 9th of April, I stopped officially being employed. But I had this plan uh, bubbling up probably the last week of March, maybe the third week of March, that, hold on, pause. Okay. Um, I had um, started conceiving how I was going to say goodbye to a, a variety of people. And the first list in my head is about 25 deep. second list is about 40. And then once you get to 60, it's like, well, fuck, why am I not doing the whole store? Mm. Short answer to that is, I don't know everybody in the whole store. In fact, there are 150 people, and it fluctuate <laughs> during the project itself. It fluctuated from 153 to 148. So, there are roughly 150 people working in the store at any given time. Maybe more, I don't know. But there were for the three weeks I was uh, trying to learn everyone's name, have some kind of connection with them that was um, at least uh, enough of a texture to uh, commemorate and thank their work uh, when, or our work together. And I did this. Hold on, pause. All right, unpause. <clears throat> the... Um, the, and the point of this wasn't to chase someone down, say, oh, let's go take the trash out together and reminisce at all. Um, in fact, it was more, there, how many people total did I not know? Of all the people employed by the store, um, there were probably 15 that I couldn't at least picture them in the crew of people that I knew they worked for, once I knew where they worked, um, that were just dead blanks. Like, I have no fucking clue who that is. Um, <clears throat> and most of them were the overnight receiving crew. But there were definitely some people in administration and um, in cashiers and shit. Just some, especially names that it turns out that I knew people as something else because in the very end I was crisscrossing like the people who I had just added to my list because I thought they'd been overlooked and finally re realizing that oh yeah well CC is probably Cecilia huh wonder I don't know a Cecilia <laughs> I mean talk about stupid fucking mistakes but <clears throat> with all of the ways that I could fuck this up of which I'm sure I executed most of them. Um, the one way I didn't fuck this up was 
um, not actually knowing every single person I wrote the card to. Because I even went into a receiving shift to learn the overnight guys. And that's the part where it was a little bit forced. Of course it was. But <clears throat> here's the way that I... The only way I could connect with the overnight crew... And I, I have worked the overnight shifts frequently. Because it's the only time there's no customers in the store. So you can really get some warehouse work done. And if you're not willing to step into that role once in a while... Well, I understand that. But if you are, well, you can make a huge difference in a week that would take you at least two, if not three, with people pestering you all the day. Hey, can I just ask you a quick question? Yeah, sure, what? Um, <clears throat> and not to be dismissive, but you, you want to get certain work done. There's a time when it's optimal to get it done. You want to do stocking and warehouse work? Do it when we're closed. So uh, I knew some of the guys pretty well. In fact, I had worked the freight team, uh, whatever, the one that's the early truck unload. I'd worked that for like four or five months, so I knew some of those guys because they've been on that shift ever since. And then the overnight guys, there are a couple that I've known for a while, and of course a whole bunch of new faces, half of whom speak very little English. But the idea that I had come onto the overnight shift just to introduce myself to say thanks. I'm leaving Sunday. This is Friday. It was Thursday, actually. Um, it was weirdly uh, respectful. Like, especially to guys who were like, why do you give a shit to even, you know, you're, you're leaving <laughs> on Sunday. And... And, I mean, yeah, uh, thanks, man. And I understand that perspective as well. Like, that seems like a lot of energy for something that you're getting nothing from me out of whatsoever. You could have not done this in my life and your life are exactly the same. That's true. That's true. You uh, tiquio. Uh, but... If I didn't come and introduce myself to you, then I wouldn't have known to give you best name in the store because Utiquio was definitely the best name in the store. So, I had a sort of um, week of doing this right that extended something I thought would be done by Monday at lunch all the way to Sunday at 4 o'clock. Honestly, that was exactly... 11 hours ago. Oops, sorry, 13 hours ago. And <clears throat> so, and I and I have, I left the job eight days ago. But I didn't really leave everything that I wanted to leave till 13 hours ago. And even the Utiquios and the, um, the Chris's, how many Chris's work there? A lot. Um, the variety of connections, both um, uh, uh, action-oriented, incident-oriented, something specific, like, hey, you remember that time that we fell off the ladder and landed on pillows? That was lucky. There's, you know, a few of those where incidents were just unique enough that they stand out as 
the sort of uh, connective bond between you. But most of it was just, hey, you know, over the course of knowing you for nine months, six months, seven years, whatever the distance of, of time was, <clears throat> I thought this and probably never told you and should have. Like, uh, I always respected how much you would uh, never allow the uh, the structure of uh, the break times to eat at you, like every single other cashier. Nope, you just roll with the punches. I mean, there were just people who would stand out as doing something that seemed... Um, <laughs> Courteous to the co-working team. Like, you know what? I don't need to make a big deal out of that, so I don't. Those moments, I would never really have brought up with people until this. Or things like um, people who would always do something that was an annoying thing to do. Like organize the uh, theft electronic devices. It's an annoying thing to do. And very few cashiers do it. But the two or three that do... I certainly noted it as I was going out the door. Or people who sweep up, especially the public areas that's kind of all of our responsibility to do it, but like three people do it. Um, people who are constantly available to do things like help a customer cut wood or cut wire or cut blinds. These are the kinds of things that as a coworker over the course of a year, you start to see who readily shows up for those calls and who never shows up. And it's not like you want to call out the people who never show up, but you certainly want to give credit to those who do. And so those were some of the other moments I was able to pull back and think, okay, here's what I want to say to you. I really respect that you did this. And then there were the people who impressed me as people work. <laughs> you know, if we'd have met in prison or on a private yacht, it doesn't matter. There was something about their integrity, their their will, their um, their uh, outlook, their motivation, their goals, their current other life, whatever. Um, they were people, not uh, co-workers. Well, they were, they became more interesting as people than as in their roles as co-workers. They were limited as the conversation expanded past that. They were, there were anything from, oh, you're pretty interesting to, wow, you are extraordinary. So <clears throat> in even that range of, um, of friendship or I guess I want to say uh, uh, integration. Shit, I don't know. It's not intimacy, but it almost is. The point is, whatever level at which you open up to your coworkers, they open up to you. That is certainly something you protect. But as you start to see how um, how much real individual talent there is running around the store. Uh, and it just it just starts to to become the more interesting part of what you're there to check in on, whatever the new product is, the new updates, the new pricing, whatever. I mean, 
that stuff's pretty easy to maintain and stay with. And yet, finding out that um, the two-night-a-week uh, uh, customer service desk representative is, in fact, uh, a substitute teacher in a high-risk area in central Denver, it's just like, wow, I didn't even have any idea that you were an educator on your other side of the life of this. And things like this would occur over the course of the year. And as you get to know the whole store, well, it becomes fairly interesting, the tapestry that it is to see all these coworkers in their, uh, in their other interests. So the thing about <clears throat> a store this big and with this much turnover is one thing you never do is know everybody. You just don't. And it's not like it's even that doable because as soon as you learn everybody, stuff changes. In fact, like I said, during the process of doing this, in the eight days that I did this, it changed five fold or five times. <laughs> there was a change from 153 to 148 in total. And the idea that you would, um, in any level of ambition, think to self-start your way to knowing every name in the store, unless you're the store manager, which at which point I think it's on you to do that. And maybe the assistants, I mean, it's close, but fuck, I don't know. I wouldn't hold them to it. Point is, there's just too much chaotic employment uh, shuffling to really keep track, unless you're dedicated to it. And dedicated to it means, well, you probably should have been doing some other shit, man. Everyone wears an apron. Just look at their fucking name. So, uh, that's true. But what that does is it really depersonalizes the people that you just don't fucking give a shit. They're just the periphery enough that you figure they're 80% going to fucking drop off anyway. And if they hang around 20%, Long enough, you can just start eyeing in on their apron and saying, Hey, you tequio? Is that how you say that? Or whatever. But <clears throat> you start to become comfortable with neglecting your coworker. At least the ones that um, aren't in your face, crossing your path, constantly uh, a part of your daily routine. The ones that are just going down the main aisle every day at 1040, just like everybody else, that are just from the other side of the store that, yeah, you see them every day, but you know their name's Raul, but what else you want to know? I mean, what, are you going to have Raul over for a beer? No, you're not. So you just figure, hey, hey how you doing is enough, because it is. We all agree. And so then you work at a place for a long time, say six, seven, ten years, long enough that it's you and maybe one handful, two at the most, of other people who've been there as long. And once you're in that room, well, shit's changed so much. You've seen so much shit come and go that really you got two levels of interest anymore. 
those who you've hardened it out with the whole time, who frankly, some of which you just fucking hate, but they've been there forever, so you kind of have to team up with them. And then anybody that comes on board that's worth a fucking shit. Because you're so jaded that you just want sparks of, hey, you might work out. So, (laughs) if you're in this group of, mm, what should we call them? The hardened uh, acceptors? No, not acceptors. It's not that they've accepted it. It's that they're... Ah, they've put up with the most shit is what it really is without quitting, without giving up, without just saying, you know what? Bullshit. This is enough. I don't even care anymore. I am literally tired of walking in the door to work here. And so many people around them did that. So if you have to give them any title, you have to give them the title of unsure's. I'm just unsure if any of it's going to work out. And they're unsure if they'd done anything differently, if anything would have made a difference. It just feels like the whole corporate grind is really forcing them into a hand that they didn't even want to play. But what else are they going to do? I mean, they fucking sat down. They're holding cards. Are they going to just freeze up and... Pretend that they're in a fugue state of non-existence? I mean, seriously. At some point, it is what it is. But once your phrase at work is, is it is it is what it is, huh. well, I highly recommend you spontaneously quit your job tomorrow. But that's just me. And so then, when you address this group, you want to just say, don't, don't forget there's a whole shit ton of life out there that can sometimes be completely obscured by the cement and what, cinder block, what's that roof structure, stuff that just leaks. <clears throat> Point is, it ain't all about working in big box stores. Man. Of course, there becomes a level of security that makes it so hard to think about transitioning something else. And, And however, if you leave, if you literally just buy a plane ticket to go to Reno, Nevada, and then get a hotel room and say, now what am I going to do? Well... Get a job in a big box store, feel exactly the same. So, what you're doing is you're holding on to a circumstance that maybe gives you a favorable 40 hour schedule instead of a different 40 hour schedule. Or it's giving you a $2 an hour uh, advantage over a position that would be otherwise very similar. It's just, if, if, if you, if you aren't at least checking in every year when you're doing a job that really could be automated as to whether or not this year was different than the year before and whether or not you can 
perceived differences in the next year compared to the year you just had. If all that looks like one more year is just going to stack on, well, if you don't love your job, then why are you doing that job? Honestly, why are you doing it? What are you getting out of it? Pay? Every job pays. So what are you getting out of it? Camaraderie with the staff is the most common response that means anything. <clears throat> and, yeah, I'm leaving, well, 150 people to whom I gave a personal thank you. 40 of whom I would definitely be excited to have at my house for a house party. I just like a lot of the people that work there. And 15 of whom are great, good people I will try all I can to maintain contact with. And if three or four of those end up somewhat uh, touch-and-go friends for the next 15, 20 years, and I even get a lifelong friend or two out of this, fantastic. All these things are possible, especially because I won't den deny or dismiss or fail on my end to enable all of it. And that, inevitably, as I started to think about how to say goodbye to all these people was when I thought, well, I have to say about every single one of them. I can't just pick and choose the ones to whom I have something really either specific to say or um, out of courteous uh, longevity and other considerations a need to say uh, uh heartfelt thank you to and then I thought well geez what what sort of asinine situation am I in where I think that these people mattered more than the people who were doing a job that I just didn't have time to notice I mean fuck me it was it was even <laughs> it was even easy to recognize that I probably started the whole thing with wanting to be able to tell one person specifically what I thought of them and didn't know if I would have a meaningful chance to do it ever again. And, I, and, and it, it boggles my mind that I could have been this targeted and specific with my subcurrent of intent to set myself up for this opportunity without consciously rolling it in. But man, has it ever sat there since. And um, so, I, I mean, I won't know if this was a vindictive maneuver. I'm, I mean, how it, uh, it's like, is martyrdom, can, can that be vindictive? Martyrdom. I mean, we're, we're talking words that are not applicable to the scenario. But if, if maneuvering is somehow an aspect of what I did here, well, I, I have a hard time buying it because it would be 152 uh, instances for the opportunity to take the 153rd instance. I don't, I don't set myself up for those kinds of of, um, of, 
I don't, that kind of work. I don't know. There's got to be something more nimble than just a mass mailing. So, I, I will admit that <clears throat> the, um, the reaction that I intended from some of the actions that I leaked uh, were occurring happened dead on. I mean, it's just people were so predictable. And I don't know. In a disappointing way, unfortunately. Not predictable in an uplifting way. And most of what my entire purpose in doing this was to have all those 152 people I left behind. Well, 147, I guess. Think about how much there might be to know of the person who you just are too crowded in your daily routine and structure to get to know their name enough to say hi to them face-to-face, shake their hand, and look them in the eye knowing their name. It makes a difference. It made a huge difference in my last month that I actually, by the third week, I was leaving 10 days from then, I had learned everybody I knew that worked except the receiving crew. And I knew everyone's name without their apron. Like, I just knew who they were. I knew them walking in the door. I knew them as they were sitting in the break room with their back to me. I knew everyone's name. For the first time ever. And I still didn't know the receiving guys' names. I mean, I knew their names because I had the list, but I didn't know their faces. I couldn't put their names to their faces. So, with four days to go, I went in and worked an overnight shift to learn the faces. And I learned them all but one. And then I learned that one four nights later, the last night I was there. And so... By the time, and I couldn't do the receiving guys again, except that night. And I was exhausted that night. Like, I couldn't do them again right now. No doubt. That was cramming for the fucking test. And I barely remembered that, but I did remember it. So, of the 147 employees that are there right now, if you line them all up, I could name 140 of them at least, probably 144. But I probably missed three. And that's the kind of, I guess, dignity I feel as it became <laughs> real that I no longer had to duck someone because I just didn't know their name. Couldn't really say something to them other than, hey man, uh, hey, what's up, dude? Again. So why say it? Instead of just going, hey, can you stop a second? Let me just say, I'm John, and what's your name? Oh, it's, it's, oh, Utiquio. Neat. Did I say it wrong? I'll bet I did. And uh, you, you work with someone for a year, and you've just given them 
the bubble of not important enough to get to know your name. So we'll just ignore each other. Unless it comes up like we get put on a team together. And then I'll be like, hey, yeah, yeah, your name's oh, Larry, Larry. Good, yeah. I always thought it was Carrie. Glad I never called you Carrie. Larry, I mean, whatever silly reason you have to not get as far as knowing everyone's name in the building that you work with. It's legit. Well, the turnover's fucking crazy. How do you keep up with that shit? (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, are you talking like the 24 hours cruise? Like, we don't even... I have never seen the people that work from midnight to 8 a.m. I never have seen them. I come in at 9.30, I leave at 6. How do I know them? How would I know them? What? Why would I want to know them? Again. Yep. Valid. Totally. Acceptable. Workplace reasons. To have no idea who the nine guys working the warehouse at night are. Except when the Christmas party rolls around, you're like, oh, that's warehouse. So, <clears throat> again, it's the way we're set up. There's no fucking time to know what those guys are doing at night, at two in the morning, when I'm asleep. I don't give a fuck what they're doing, as long as they don't wake me up. Yeah. Again, I get it. And... You want to talk about a place where all those arguments are not only valid, but they're by far the majority? It's a big box store like Home Depot because the turnover is... uh, It it is both uh, um, frequent and shocking because you never know who's getting the axe for some fuck-up. And that's not really discussed... So they just kind of disappear till the word of what happened gets to you. But those can be disorienting. And then you got people just starting and then three days later, it stops showing up. I mean, all sorts of shit just happens where it's like, knowing everybody's name? For what? (laughs) For what indeed? For what? Well, because when you do, it means that they now aren't anonymous to you. And there's just, there's a, I guess dignity is the best word I can come up with of knowing your coworker's name. And them knowing yours. Just, making sure that that connection has been made. Hey, what's your name again? Johania. Johania. How do I say that? Johania? 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 Oh, fuck, man. Really? Do you know I'm going to... Johania? I'm sure I got it wrong. But now I know Johania's name, even if I don't say it correctly, with the correct rolling of whatever... I'm not being dismissive. I take it uh, as very important that 
whatever pronunciation you consider the correct pronunciation for your name is the one that I use for you. Even if corporate America has decided to call you guacamole, I will now call you something that you tell me is the way your name is pronounced. Now, I will be honest, I don't have the best <clears throat> Latin accent. So it can be challenging to meet that goal, but I do attempt and I do continue to try and I do it with the great humility of thinking of all the things in the world that you can definitely count on me for. It's to respectfully try to pronounce your name correctly. I mean, with a name like John, it's not a challenge for most of the people I know, but when it comes to some of the others in the world, well, I do my best, which sometimes is poor as fuck. All right. <clears throat> so this whole thing, this project, Sorry about that. What it, what it was about, in addition to the dignity of saying goodbye with a respectful uh, wink of the eye, it was about letting all of my coworkers have this one thing in common. This silly card that I wrote them. And the envelope that it came in, because each envelope was unique as well. But the unique envelope was usually something that was of a uh, roasting nature. So I knew those would be the public consumption part, whereas the interior card would, in my head of uh, naivete, <laughs> be the uh, personal part or the private part. But I also had the idea that anybody could open anybody else's public card. So I didn't want to say anything too off-putting. But there was some uh, some direct, uh, um, I'll to say, considerations that uh, if I wasn't going to have an opportunity to say them ever again, I was going to say them now. But only three or four. So it wasn't like that was an overwhelming impulse at all. But I certainly cleared whatever dirty laundry I thought sat out. Um, and then there were the people who truly impacted me while I was there. And as I spent the week crafting some little <laughs> quip, something, um, I don't know, not poignant per se, but I was certainly going more for clever or um, even pithy than I was something uh, hallmarky or resonating but there were some people with whom that moment just sat it was there we'd had something truly meaningful happen at work or a moment that was just uh that caught my entire uh month of thought processes whatever there were just certain deep moments over a course of a year that you could have with any employee but some of the better employees emerged in these spots, and I wanted to commemorate how much I was going to reflect upon, say, uh, the effort given throughout the holiday season of Mike and receiving, or something, where you just, you say, of all the things that I'll look back on this job, how hard we worked that month together will be one of them. Not in a good way, but in a thank God Mike was there way, because how would I have gotten through that without his 
fucking busting acid. So, things like that to me, uh, while not maybe said in the moment, I think are kind of felt over the course of the holiday season, so they never get said. But the fact that they never get said is a mistake. So I was looking for opportunities to say anything gratuitously favorable of another employee as a way of saying, it's not all about just hoping you don't get written up. Sometimes doing a B-plus job deserves getting pat on the back. Hey, man, you know what? You got through the day and you showed up kind of grumpy and fucking could have easily called in with a migraine. So thanks for getting all that set up, even if you use some tape and shit to keep it on the wall. Who gives a shit? When it falls tomorrow, you can tape it back up. A day like that, where, yeah, you, you know even yourself that you wish you'd done better, but frankly, with all the various other life distractions going on, the fact that you got as much into the job as you did, hell, you'll take it. And you'll walk out the door, you won't think twice about it, and you'll come in tomorrow and hope to do better. But never does somebody really give you a, you know what, showing up sometimes all you can give I know you showed up today. I hope tomorrow you got more to give, but at least show up, bro. You just don't see that kind of camaraderie among the staff. And I thought if I gave them a little of the, hey, I noticed you do this, or I've seen you uh, accountable to this, or don't think you weren't uh, being watched with all these extras you were giving this way, or... Thanks for doing what looks like the loneliest job in the whole store. I would never be able to do that job, and you seem to do it very well. These are the kinds of things that I don't think people want to hear on a regular basis, but I don't think they never want to hear, ever. <laughs> so, again, I was looking for maybe the, the pedestrian compliment that's never been given, that's been deserved since month two. It's just assumed you already know that. Well, maybe hearing it once would be nice. So, and then there were the people that, frankly, I had to say, look, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, and again, it was like five, maybe four. I can think of four specifically, so let's say it's six. But, and it's not even that I was taking them to task. It was just, from my perspective... This looks like behavior that has you not winning in the Home Depot structure of social interactivity. So why are you acting that way? But uh, is in fact the hardest one to write. I've shown two or three other people just because the diplomacy with which it ended up uh, <laughs> ended up. Uh, uh, walking I didn't even intend I just I when it when I finished it I tucked it away and thought I, I'm glad that's done and then I didn't even remember really what I'd written but I took a photo of it and the next day was telling a coworker that I had gotten that one done early because I wanted it over quick and tried to describe what I had written and I was like I don't even remember it's just 
I think I was, I, I don't think I was, uh, I don't think I was vindictive or mean. And, uh, and in fact, if I remember right, I think, um, I was even a little, uh, self, uh, 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 I was even willing to take, uh, some of the situation upon myself as, uh, um, the bigger man or whatever. Well, None of that was true, actually. In fact, the line I walked was way more razor sharp and comedic than I had given myself credit for or remembered. So in the end, it turned out to be easily one of my top 10 favorite results. But there were some that were so hard to feel good about um, that I rewrote them over and over again to finally get something where it said what I meant without bringing any other unintended um, verbiage in and a couple at the end that just, I couldn't say with enough clarity to really get a well-crafted point across, but more a hope and direction of, uh, from afar, hoping this is how things are going to turn for you. Cause I don't know what else to give you, but, uh, the magic dust that could be a U-turn in your near future there were a couple of those. And when you think about how you have to get to know everyone at least enough to say something personal to them, well, the people who you've been kind of <laughs> sitting on top of their coffee as their, um, as, wow, my bad at metaphors tonight. Let's not even go there. Let's just say, the people who you have been somewhat familiar with that you are now leaving and so sort of having that going away conversation with, some of those people open up a whole fucking lot to you because they think this is the last time they're going to get to talk to you. And a few of those were pointedly uncomfortable and a few of them were pointedly exactly what I'm talking about. So that changes the whole perspective at the very end too. But there was that was few and far between. And frankly, it was mostly day before and last day. But whatever. So, as I start to think that this is going to take longer than just till Monday, having my last shift on Sunday, well, then I start to allow myself the freedom to really do it right. Make every envelope somewhat creative. Do something that's uniquely personal in all of the incarnations of what I'm doing. And the project starts to grow. The creativity in it is so... <laughs> uh, um, contagious. Once one idea becomes uh, of use in a, in a circumstance... I immediately think of the rest of the circumstances that I've already used that it could have been useful and then project that into a bunch. So I'm not just getting more creative. I'm snowball creative because a spark can light an entire collage of possibility. And I'm sparking all over the place. And they're not even, well, I was smoking some weed. But that's it. Smoking some weed. And uh, so the project is becoming... Huh. 
um, personal, I guess. No, it was personal the whole time. It's becoming majestic is the word that came to mind, and I'm going to stick with it, even though I am terrified that that word came out of my mouth. Because to me, I haven't been this into my own creative bursts since maybe college. And even then, they were always assigned and forced. This is my own doing of my own project in my own capacity with my own parameters. It is all me. And I'm blowing up. And I'm loving it. I'm literally loving it. I am so into it that I can't sleep. And I'm not really even getting much done Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because I keep having more insightful ways to do things. And what's really shocking, well, not to anybody who listens, but to me, were were the number of breakdowns. And hang on a second, I gotta pause. Alright, I'm paused. And breakdowns that are uh, are full on. These are emotional cleansing as as close as I can put it. And I was desperately trying to figure out the momentum or the catalyst to their eruption because two or three of them were people with whom I have so much emotional connection that as I started processing our past and present, I mean, there was enough there to just feel my own uh, uh, way through an emotional uh, reaction. But a dozen or more were literally thinking about somebody, finishing up, conceiving how to do that, and then moving on to the next person, and then 15 seconds of thought about them, and bam, just blubbering. And uh, for a while, like minutes, and in some cases, many minutes. And the rhyme or reason of who it would be wasn't of significance, still isn't to me now. So I think it was more just the countdown of finality that would set me off, maybe. Or um, or or what? Or what? Because in certain cases, and I'm going to I'm, I'm recalling three exactly right now. Maybe there were more, but three stand out now even. Stood out as they were happening. Three are with um, co-workers who I've known the whole time I've been there, but have never had more than a, what's up, blankety-blank, to say. Literally. That is the entire interaction over the course of all the time that I've ever seen them, is, hey, what's up, blank? Because that's enough. And um, 
and frankly, they're not the only three. It's just that these three are of that sort of, say, another 10 or 12 that are in that same category where it's just a, hey, what's up? Um, and these three, uh, in the last uh, week, well, two of them for sure, came to me and gave me a version of what I was trying to reciprocate. And in one case, nailed exactly the same thing I had already decided to to speak about, so I had to come up with something else. And the, the third one definitely didn't do that, though, at all. And in fact, yeah, well, it, it just, so, <laughs> I was so emotionally triggerable, emotionally um, susceptible to uh, immediate bursts of crying fits that um, that I went through all my toilet paper. I went, uh, I, I, oh God. I mean, I have a sweatshirt from the day that it was the worst where I just gave up, just started wiping my sleeves and my bib. Oh my God. When I looked at myself four hours later, I just, I looked like the kind of toddler that you pick up from daycare and think, ah, why did I decide to do this? I don't want to be a dad. I, I was in that condition for myself and whatever, right? We all have our days of filth, but the next day was just as bad. And then the next day was just as bad. And it started making me think, well, what the fuck? Leaving this place must be a mistake. How can I be this emotional about people who really, I don't even have that much of a relationship with. I am literally the definition of casual coworker. And then it came to me that by getting to know the entire store, I had finally put myself in a position to have uh, to miss the 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 entire connectedness that the store showed me as I got to know everyone's name. And like a weird game of of six degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's like, okay, well if Utiquio knows Raul and Raul is good friends with uh Mateo and Mustafa because they all like to go car racing, well then fuck man. At least now I have something interesting to go up to the group of them and talk about. Like, I started becoming entwined in all of what was there going on just because I had reached out enough to know who everybody was and be able to then join in. That's all it took. And so, as I started thinking about the lost possibility of 
just having made more time to step into people's circles and say, what do you got going on that's interesting? Well, no, there's just no time for that, right? Well, I don't know that there isn't. And the last month there taught me that if there is, well, I missed out on a whole bunch of what was there to be had in terms of personal interaction. And it's on me, I think, to realize that nobody's sitting there wondering if you're going to come over and bother them by talking to them. They're wondering why it is that you have worked together for six months and still have never really had a conversation nor know each other's names, just like you are. And all it takes to stop that is to walk over and say, Hey man, I know it's been a while, but what's your name? Shockingly easy to do. All right. I was going to talk about crossing lines, so I'm going to get that done. Because I think there's quite a bit here, and I'll probably revisit this often. But when I say crossing lines, there's no question that we as humans like to be um, structurally organized. We want to know what the fucking behavioral uh, expectations are so that we can perform according to expectations, which I've always found a little funny. <laughs> like, we feel a lot better in situations where we know what we can and can't do because, what, we can't trust ourselves to not fucking do shit? I mean, like, whatever. But there's no doubt that we like order. We like structure, and we like to know what's expected, and thus what we can and can't do to uh, maintain our favorable status quo with the group at large, or something like that. But in those circumstances, that means that when those expectation standards or however organization is falling upon the group, whatever those bylaws are, well, if you're not following them, then you're crossing lines. That's what I mean here. And so, <clears throat> the whole reason I bring this up is because as I was fulfilling somewhere about the second third of the project, I started to need a little more creative input to maintain my enthusiasm. My original idea was to do everything in black ink pen on white card. But at some point, I just needed some color. So the first line I crossed in my project was bringing in color. And what was interesting to me is once I crossed that line, and I had resisted it for quite a few opportunities, but once I crossed that line, well, of course, I went back to the ones that I thought, well, this, and put the color where it should have been the whole time. So it's, it's, Difficult to know if that's a line I crossed because I knew my whole project plan to try to do black ink on white card was going to fail at some point. But the more of that I put out there, the less I would need to be creative at the end because I would have saved my creativity for injecting color. 
I play mind games like this with myself, so it's possible that I did that. But let's be more realistic that when you get to writer's block or artist's cramp or whatever other metaphor you want to use for lackluster card after card and trying to fix that, well, one way to fix it is to bring in some other medium or measure or material to work with or whatever else. But what that does for everybody who got into the game, expecting it to stay black ink on white card, is pisses them off. What do you mean you, you're using color? No, you're not. You can't. That That isn't part of the... No. What do you, fuck you. You can't... What do you mean? You're, and you're going back and doing it on the other ones? Fuck, fuck you too. Oh, fuck. I don't even want to play. Right? Deservedly so. I mean, the lines that were established, you're not just crossing them, you're erasing them. And, um, and doing it with the sort of disregard for integrity that makes anybody with integrity decide the game truly isn't worth playing. And whether or not you intend for those outcomes to persist, well, enough of your shenanigans and there will be nobody with integrity left. So crossing lines always matters. And when I did the color <clears throat> variant for the first time, I knew that I had some revisiting to do. I had to go back and, and correct some things that when seen against the complete composition of the group, all 150, well, card 11 was going to look pretty fucking shitty. So it had to be redone. So now, not only did the crossing of lines create a scenario in which I'm retrofitting my project standards to this new uh, device or, uh, or flare that um, was at that time not available. Well, isn't that just how the creative process makes things better? I mean, why are, why are we even talking about line crossing when, yeah, your resistance to color was admirable until you realized it was stupid. And once you realized it was stupid, you fixed it. Why are you making it more complex than that? Okay, that's a pretty good point. And it's exactly right. You don't go into something like this restricting yourself to a very unique and finite medium without having a vision of how it's all going to work out unless you're doing it as some sort of trick to keep yourself from becoming dependent on things like crayons and markers and stickers before it's too late. Perhaps. And there's no question that if retaining the black ink and white card theme when possible is being done, well, there's still a commitment to the craft at some level. But if that's the only line that's crossed, <clears throat> really one of aesthetic, then are you... Are you compromising the medium if you 
allow yourself to embellish with something that augments the entire process and makes the whole creative uh, result that much stronger? Well, I would argue no. I would argue that that's a decision that is up to every artist to interpret as they're processing their artwork in real time. How can I make this the best artwork possible? And am I doing it right now? Well, if the ultimate answer is, if I don't add color, I am limiting the outcome to something less than it could be, then add the damn color. Okay. Very pragmatic, simple way to look at it. And let's just leave it at that's how it went down. But this is just an instance of how now I'm okay with reevaluating my project in basic form. I have now changed the art direction from one completely specific style to something totally different. And I did it not just mid-project, but with the idea of reinventing everything about the project to fit my new parameter. So, fuck the first parameter. I've decided to be different, and this is how I'm going to be different. Okay, you know... I mean, projects need to evolve. They need to be rethought in real time. They need to be uh, able to bob and weave as the results start to come in and the actual outcomes are evaluated. That's true. But you put a lot of pressure on the people around you as you start to do these things, especially if you do these things because you're ill-prepared to see the opportunities that perhaps those first ink drawings we're still offering. Maybe your talent and limit as an artist is really the only thing that's been exposed here, and anybody else working in that medium could have pulled this off with the kind of flair that you needed to get some highlighters out to achieve. So now you've created some level of distrust among those whose vision has to be catered to versus those whose plans can be executed and finished without major revision. So now you've got ideological arguments. You're looking at two different ways of thinking through things. One is, let's say, uh, on the fly, uh, always trying to make something better, so always coming up with another idea instead of just sticking to what we decided we would do, and doing it well so that we can get it done and done right. Okay. In 153 executions of some creative level of connection, well, there was a lot of, I just want to get this done and get it done well and be done with it. And then there was a lot of, and then, oh my God, and then, oh my God, and then, to the point where I'd restart actual letter five times before finally settling on a three-word response. You're the best. <laughs> I mean, and that would take 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And then I would end up having to go outside for a walk, come back, think about who I could do next that wasn't so emotionally manipulative in my own uh, response to the situation at hand so that I didn't fall into another bucket of tears. I mean, it was just, it was as if somebody made me go through 
say, 15 mild breakups again and again and again until I felt like I had gotten them right. Or some, I mean, that's so wrong. I don't even, the emotions were of separation. I could always feel parting and loss. Loss is too strong. It was more distance being created. It was more the idea that there was a gap now that may never close. And which is odd because I don't feel that way. I certainly don't feel like I'm saying goodbye to these people for a final time. Farewell for a little while and then maybe reassess. But goodbye? No. I mean, I haven't shot there. So the idea of parting ways with these people doesn't seem all that legit. But I couldn't get past feeling that canyon of, of I had crossed the line that may and likely would never be recrossed again. So, all of what I think happens as small changes occur in the project. Like, we're going to use not just yellow highlighter, but green and pink as well. We are? Uh, well, it doesn't change anything really, right? But it does. And once you're willing to evaluate those little parts of the project that you're changing... Well, now the bigger parts of the project can be reevaluated. Now the whole project can be reinvented. And frankly, the project can be something completely different by the time it's over with. And I was watching myself move in and out of the phases of trying to stay focused versus trying to allow myself enough creative energy to be dynamic. And it was a tug of both... <laughs> wanting to leave on a high note and wanting to leave something truly meaningful overall. I didn't want to mail it into anybody. And I mean, to the extent that you can say, I don't know you until rental. So to say something personal to you is almost impossible, but I respect how hard you work. Congratulations. And I hope your life is great. I know that's just, mumbo-jumbo, but it's enough of the textural truth that I can offer that I'm not just giving you a bullshit. Thanks for the memories. Don't forget to sign my yearbook. Love ya. Ginny G... <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I didn't take it past the depth that was there to be had. I didn't try to fake it, nor did I try to give anything more than exactly what I could say with the integrity that I had shown through the year I'd worked with these people. And in the long run, it's such a weird thing to have done that I've stunned people more than anything. That I went out of my way to learn everybody's name, to make sure I knew who you were, and to say thank you personally in a card stylized and handwritten by myself and I did it for every single employee in there. And then I walked out the door. It took eight days and it took a couple of revisits for the shenanigans being pulled behind the backs of some so that I could make things right. But hey, you work at some place like a big warehouse store, you're going to run into a lot of people crossing lines and a lot of people not even understanding what the right behavior is. But if you just keep showing people enough dignity that that's an option they can choose, 
is to choose dignity. Well, I know, I know, I know. I'm a hypocrite to even say this, because choose dignity did I not for almost ever. But demand dignity I do now. And it's strange how much, by demanding it on my way out the door, I think there might be a demand for it even more so now. I don't know. I mean, without me around, a lot of shit can go wrong. Hell, with me around, a lot of shit went wrong. The point is, is dignity contagious? No. But if it's not ever delivered with the sort of sincere appreciation that it's meant, well, if it's lost and missing, sometimes it's the last thing you think of as needing to come back. But watching the level of dignity that this little enterprise created between myself and my coworkers across the board, that might be my new word for work, uh, uh, targeted goals. My integrity is to work toward having the dignity of my coworkers respect while they look me in the eye, know my name, and say, Hi, John. How you been? <sighs> is that too much to ask? Probably. But I ask a lot anyway, so what do I know? 